Hello and welcome to episode 3 of All About Fostering, the monthly podcast from the Fostering Network. I'm David Egbert and this episode we're discussing Mockingbird, the Fostering Network's innovative model for delivering foster care. The Fostering Network began the pilot programme in 2015 with eight fostering services with a view to improving several aspects of foster care, such as the permanence of relationships, the well-being of members of the fostering household and the recruitment and retention of foster carers. Here's the Fostering Network's Mockingbird Programme Manager, Freya Burley, to explain more. Mockingbird was originally developed in America and it was developed by foster carers who felt that they weren't actually getting the support that they hoped they would have or able to offer the support to children and young people that they'd hoped they'd be able to. So they worked really closely with the Mockingbird Society in Seattle and developed a structure that replicated the extended family and put that at the heart of the support that foster carers were getting. In our pilot, we worked really closely with the Mockingbird Society and we learnt alongside with them and looked at what does the model look like and what will it look like when we deliver it across the UK to really make sure that the model developed over in Washington could fit and work for children and young people and foster carers in the UK. When the Fostering Network first heard about Mockingbird, we just thought... It was an incredibly good match for what we believe is right for children and young people and a really good match for what foster carers and fostering services were telling us that they needed. The basic structure of it is that it's based on putting an experienced carer who becomes your hub home carer, putting them at the heart of a community and enabling them to support up to 10 fostering families. They really get to know each of the families, they understand the needs of the children and they're able to provide formal and informal support with the young people's needs really at the heart of it. The formal support is around respite, and typically in our services, a sign of how well that's working is that the language is really trained, so it's not respite care, it's sleepovers. They're also offering really, really valuable informal support, so they're always there, almost 24-7, for foster carers who just need, need someone to talk to, they're there on the phone, they're there to go and peer support, have, have a cup of coffee. They've also got a really important function at just providing fun. There's a, a huge amount of, of joy in the role. They organise social events that really brings the community together um, and they give children and young people the chance to really experience that, um, that wider support that an extended family would give them and enable uh, young people to form relationships with adults and young people in their community. As with any programme, Mockingbird requires funding. I asked Freya where the money comes from and how the fostering network supports the services to implement the model correctly. We started our pilot back in 2015. We were successful at working with the Department for Education to get the innovation funding through the, through the DfE. Um, our pilot started with eight services and we're now we were successful at getting a, a second round of funding through the innovation programme and we're also working with um, self-funding partners. So we've got 18 fostering services who are now exploring Mockingbird with us and implementing Mockingbird for children and young people in their care. We're working with all 18 Mockingbird partners to make sure that we're providing them with consistent levels of support and helping them to share good practice with each other and with us so that we're all learning more about making Mockingbird work in, in England and across the UK. We provide opportunities to bring all of the services together in our shared learning events making sure that if you're if you're working with Mockingbird you're learning from each other about what's working and what's not working and sharing those stories of successes to keep people 
working towards implementing Mockingbird for children and young people in their service. And after two years of implementing the model, is it working? In terms of the impact that we're seeing, it's, it's been incredible. We're seeing really good evidence of increased placement stability, young people being able to form really strong and positive relationships but with their foster carers and with the hub home carer, really increasing the number of adults who are there to support children and young people and are invested in their future. We're also seeing that foster carers are feeling strongly supported um, and more able to cope with the demands of their role and there's just a a lot of fun and enjoyment lots of people reporting that this is a community that they're really enjoying being part of that provides the support that keeps them fostering. To see what those people actually implementing Mockingbird made of it I went to Stockport one of the eight original pilot sites and met with their head of fostering Vaughnda Taylor. I think it took a Less time than I anticipated, if I'm honest, Um, because you're bringing together different personalities, because Mm -hmm. the carers are all different characters, different lifestyles, different types of fostering, some are family and friends. So bringing all these personalities together, I anticipated there would be some teething problems. And I guess I was uh, pleasantly surprised at how quickly they did gel as a group and how the different satellite carers develop relationships with each other as well as the hub carer. So I found that quite promising early on in the project. And I think when you talk to them now, I mean, I've been to a constellation meeting and they just feel so relaxed in each other's company. They just feel, I suppose, like an extended family in many ways. And what has Stockport found to be the biggest benefits of the model so far? I think some of the really strong messages that have come out are around the support offered to newly approved carers because you know the assessment process is very in-depth it's very thorough we think we've prepared them very well they have the opportunity to go on the pre-approval training Um, however the learning about it and the doing it are two completely different things and i think that support that mockingbird offered to those newly approved carers was invaluable and at least one family have said to us, had it not been for Mockingbird, they certainly wouldn't have been fostering today. And when we looked at figures around dropout rates, so how many newly approved foster carers drop out, say, in the first 12 months, none of the newly approved carers that are part of Mockingbird dropped out. I think the other positive of the project was when we had a young person's placement broke down, and that young person then went to the hub carer, and lived with the hub carer until such time we found a, an alternative placement. Um, and I think that is, again, for the young person, that is the least disruptive placement breakdown he could have had. I mean, any placement breakdown is disruptive and it's very distressing and damaging for a young person. But to go to his respite carers, whom he knows well, to his hub carer, and to stay in their home, which he knows well, until such time as a, a, a new placement is found for him is definitely in his best interest. And how about the challenges? I guess the, the children's social workers as well have, have had some challenges in getting their heads around it because the approach is that some of the decision-making around respite and around emergency support care from the hub carer is made within the community. And although it's never made in isolation and never without liaising with the social worker 
there is the expectation that if you know one of the satellite carers is in crisis in the evening, they would call the hub carer. So what about those working within the model looking after children and young people? I visited one of Stockport's hub homes to find out about the everyday effect it's having on fostering families. Around the hub home kitchen table with me are the hub home carers, one of the satellite carers and also the council's mockingbird coordinator, Jane Parsons. From time to time, you'll also hear from the two hub home dogs, Ralph and Poppy. But first, here's Jane. I mean, we did have a situation a couple of weekends ago where you had planned respite and then um, An the satellite carers rang up who were attending an adult-only wedding. Uh, and their babysitter let them down. So, and the, the young man, so he's only 13, isn't yeah. he? So he knew he wasn't invited. He knew that they were going to this wedding. Yeah. So they sort of rang, said this has happened. And they said, well, that's fine. We've got the bed. He can come. So mm. he, he stayed with them for the weekend then, mm. which previous to the project, that wouldn't have happened. And what do the hub home carers think are the biggest advantages? We don't have to ask them questions. We don't have to. We're aware of the situation. And it's not like going to a new foster carer for respite <coughs> where they've got to explain so yeah. many different things. Yeah. And then the next time they need respite, it's a different carer. Yeah. So they've got to explain it all again. During my visit, I also discovered how the continuity of respite support and the role of the hub home carers can enable relationships to be maintained. When we, when we first um, joined the Mockingbird at the very beginning, we'd only just been um, foster carers for about six months. We'd okay. only just started. We had a young man placed with us who, while he's been with us, has been diagnosed with autism um, and he does have challenging behaviours. And at the point when we joined Mockingbird, we did have a respite carer in place. So our main aim was he struggles with social communication with other children and being you know, appropriate with other children. So we wanted that to, you know, help him to just to be able to respond appropriately around other children. But then our respite placement broke down. He spent more time at home than at school and then January is permanently excluded. He had a tutor come into the house where we had to supervise and his behaviours weren't very good with the tutor. Um, and he, he does, he can display some very challenging behaviours um, and working with him 24 hours a day because he's not at school um, and no respite carers, we were, yeah, breaking point. So the way we came into Mockingbird, it, it changed over the, the two years to how we've used it, how we've needed to, mm -hmm. to use Mockingbird just to make sure that we can keep the placement secure. We would have had to hand our noticing because it was so difficult. It was it was affecting our own children who were doing A-levels and GCSEs, his behaviour at home. So it was a, a very difficult year we've had and without Mockingbird, we wouldn't have survived. You need support when you need it. Yeah. And when the office shuts, the foster care does not have support then. And just to know that, because we, we offer 24-7 support to the Mockingbird, just to know it's there, you don't always need to use it. Knowing it's there is sometimes sufficient. But I really think that this is one of the, the main things for foster carers because they need someone if they can just shout off to or yeah. just get a little bit of advice. Until you've actually fostered and you've had these children with you 24-7, you really cannot understand the pressures that you get, you get under. With yeah. all the, you know, the regulations that go with it, 
and just to have someone else that can understand where you're coming from, mm. how emotionally it affects you. And, and that's something another foster carer can do. This consistent and familiar atmosphere is one of the key principles of Mockingbird, which can have real-life benefits, as I found out. If the children are here, they pick them up from school so they know who their teachers are, they get to know who their friends are. One young lady who's now moved to the other pub, she brought her school friends round. She can walk home with her friends to us from school, but her care is out of the area. Mm. She can't do, never will do. Mm. Um, So she walks home, she's just a normal teenager. And they can come in and they have a drink and a laugh and a girly chat or singing, dancing, mm. whatever, yeah. stay for, have a meal with us. What things they would do if they weren't their own home. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. They know the children and they know their history. So they, and sometimes you can ask questions about their family. Yeah. Mm. How's your mum and mm. things like that. And mm. children sometimes don't like to discuss that always with their primary mm. carer because okay. they feel torn in terms of the loyalty yeah. between their birth families and their primary foster carer. It's clear then that a strong connection with the hub home is a fundamental element of the model. I asked the carers how they make it feel more like home for the children and young people who come to stay with them. So each child has chosen their own duvet covers, so although we're Man United, we do have city bedding. (laughs) We have one boy that is really into cars. Um, We've got two that are into jungle, so they've got jungle bedding. So each time they come, their bedding is on, it's ready it's for them. It's their room. Two girls that we've got with us at the moment, they chose Moroccan theme. So they've got Moroccan type bedding. Another one's got a really, really girly with a furry dress on. But I just wanted to make them feel it was theirs that they were coming back to each yeah. time. I think they appreciate it. it they really, really yeah. appreciate it, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, it's more about making it feel just normal. Personal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because they don't talk about going for respite as yeah. such and it's just part of normal routine and life for them. They treat us because of our age more like going to grandparents but what we do do we do try and keep all the routines and the boundaries and everything that a foster care has got in place mm-hmm. we try to maintain that. Children like consistency they mm-hmm. like to know what the rules are mm-hmm. they might not yeah. always stick to them but they like <laughs> yeah. to know what the rules are because yeah. it makes them feel safe yeah. if they know what's expectations and the rules are yeah they might not come home for nine o'clock might be ten past nine but at least they know that they should be Mm -hmm. and it makes children feel more safe and more confident Mm. yeah because everything's more familiar for them and sometimes um hub carers may not possibly agree with the satellite carers strategies in terms of how they manage all things Mm -hmm. but it's about being child focused and what's right for the child Mm. and can being consistent about those routines mm. for the child, not confusing them. And how have other relationships grown in the constellation? With 10 satellite families and a hub home, there are a lot of different people, young and old, to get to know. To, to think that there's 10 families in this in the satellite, and we didn't really know each other at the start, did we? Yeah, and we sat around this table and we got to know it. And then to get someone that can, I mean, we laugh, we laugh a lot at the things, and you've got to have a sense of humour to foster. But to be able to openly weep at this table and feel fine, and I'm not just talking about females, I'm talking about males as well, Mm -hmm. that can let their emotions out and and know that we all understand where they're coming from and can relate. 
I think one of the nicest things is, um, apart from how all the adults get on, is to see the friendships that's made with mm. all the children yeah, and how the older ones look after the younger ones. And when our children all get together, they're all in the same boat. So I think that that helps. There's no barriers. And apart from the older ones helping the younger ones, I see it also as helping the older ones be that little bit younger. So, you know, learn to be that child and maybe put something back yeah. that they missed out when they were that age. Yeah. Having proved extremely popular among the eight pilot services during its first year, I asked Freya Burley, what next for the programme? With the second round of innovation funding from the DfE, we are able to keep exploring not just bringing Mockingbird in, but also looking at new innovations for how the model can flex to meet different needs of children and young people and different priorities for services. Uh, so we're exploring some really exciting areas. We're looking at how can the Mockingbird model support children and young people who are in residential care, but with the aim of moving, moving them back towards um, living within a family, fostering family or family care. How can Mockingbird support children and young people moving into adoption? How Mockingbird might support children and young people on special guardianship order and kinship care placements? We're learning more about how Mockingbird supports children and young people in their relationship with their birth families uh, and what the role of the hub home carer is about supporting contact time and enabling children and young people to develop safe, safe relationships with their, with their birth parents. How Mockingbird might support children and young people who are at risk from childhood sexual exploitation. Um, and we're also working with services to look at children and young people who have got gang affiliations and how the support of Mockingbird can enable them to, to move on from those situations. There's a lot of support in place from the fostering network for services and also the opportunity for services to get together and compare notes during shared learning events. How much has Stockport learnt from other services and how much have they been able to help others? Here's Vonda Taylor again discussing a learning event in Birmingham organised by the fostering network and a meeting with colleagues from Wigan Council which has recently joined the programme. The meeting with Wigan really was about, you know, they wanted to know what didn't work and what shouldn't we try. Okay. And then we don't do that, we'll just do the stuff that does work. Mm. So, yeah, I, I would have thought, and I think that the event in Birmingham was very much about those that have been involved in Wave 1, giving advice and, and information to those that were starting Wave 2. Yeah. And I think that's the best way of learning, isn't it? We've tried it, this worked, this didn't work. If you approach it in that way, you probably get a, a better response. I think we learned a great deal from some of the other Wave 1 pilot sites because they'd done things slightly differently to us. They'd got different uh, cohort in their constellations. They were looking at you know, how they can bring in one, one of the Wave 2 projects is looking how you bring in maybe children who are in a residential setting. You know, there were different ideas floating around, so it was really interesting. And finally, over to Freya Burley again. We're aiming to keep growing our Mockingbird community. We're looking for new partners to join us in 2018. Um, we're hoping to keep expanding the number of services we're able to work with. So if you've got any interest in joining Mockingbird and would like to find out more, then please do get in touch and we'd be very happy to come and talk to you about what Mockingbird might look like um, for you in your service and how it might meet the needs of children and young people you're working with. Well, that's just about it for this episode of All About Fostering. Thank you to Freya and the staff and foster carers at Stockport Council. For more information about Mockingbird and how to become a foster carer, 
please visit thefosteringnetwork.org.uk. The website also has details of how you can join the Fostering Network and the benefits and discounts offered to members. You can download other episodes of All About Fostering from the website and subscribe for free using your podcast app. The music used in this episode is called Heartwarming by Kevin McLeod from Incompitech.com. Thank you for listening.